Hello, hello, and what is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve. You have reached the podcast, Barbecue to Movies. But because today is Saturdays, I'm changing the format to Screenwriting Saturdays. That's every Saturday, usually. Where I talk, I focus more on movies, creativity, um, storytelling, etc., etc. Sometimes we can throw in a little politics into there if it does have to do with storytelling. And you know what? Everything has to do with storytelling, right? I always tell everyone that, hey, you know what? You, if you become a really good storyteller, you can sell used cars, you can become a politician, you become a minister, you can be anything, right? So I am going to get all into that. You know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to review WandaVision. And I kind of just want to talk about where the entire, I guess, uh, what should I say this? The entire streaming industry has come. And it's good news. It's actually gotten a lot better, which is great, right? So uh, I know when Netflix first hit the market, we were all like, oh man, what the hell is good on Netflix? And, uh, you know, right now you can actually find some gems here and there. You know, the storytelling has gotten a little better. Okay, so I have a few commercials I have to play. And then right after that, I'll get back into business and we'll start talking story. Then we'll start talking WandaVision, all right? And uh, just hold on tight. I just got a few commercials to play. What is going on, everyone? This is your favorite complainer-in-chief, scriptwriter Steve, with a shameless plug for Dream Weddings Hawaii, a company that I just happen to own. Now, we specialize in romantic, intimate beach weddings, but plan weddings of all sizes and shapes. Gala weddings, eloping, surprise vow renewal, no problemo. So, if you are looking to tie the knot here in Hawaii, you better get in touch with me. Now, Dream Weddings Hawaii delivers quality that is extremely affordable, but don't just take my word for it. Visit our website at dreamweddingshawaii.com and find out for yourself. That's dreamweddings with an S, that's weddings with an S, hawaii.com. So, look at our awesome photos, check out our awesome, beautiful, touching ceremony videos, then take a look at our cheap prices, which I promise you won't faint at. Now, don't forget to read our five-star reviews. Now, by the way, we also take professional family photos. So, visit our site at dreamweddingshawaii.com or just buzz me at 808-479-0685. That's 808-479-0685. Okay, I'm back. Hopefully those commercials weren't too bad. If you notice now, I'm running two commercials now rather than just anchors. Um, I, I get paid for the anchor commercial, the one where I'm talking about like how great anchor is. And then I'm running a commercial for my wedding company, the one that, that I own. So if any of you guys want to actually get married here, that's what I do. That's how I pay the bills. Um, I do do some entertainment stuff on this other side, but my bread and butter is actually doing weddings. I love doing weddings. Um, and uh, it's just so much easier to make money that way. And you work with real people instead of working in this like uh, fictional thing. You know, when you write, when you're a screenwriter or you're any type of person, any, any type of like not person, but any type of, I guess, person who just works on the keyboard, and whose job is to write. Um, it's very lonely because you're just staring at a computer screen and, and you're in a, you know, an, an office sometimes, and maybe you're, you're in a... I mean, you, could, you could be in a room with other writers, you know, and sometimes that's when things get hashed out and everything like that, but that's not what I'm doing. But even then, when you're in a, when you're in a room with other writers, it's not really the best thing. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's not the best people. Like writers, like sometimes they're not the best people like, to be around. Um, hope if any of them are listening to this, they'll probably say, what the hell are you talking about, Steve? Like we're really great people. Eh, sometimes you guys are a little crazy. 
right? So now they know, now they know what I think about them, but I don't really care. Okay, so um, before I get into reviewing WandaVision, uh, I, w- I really wanted to talk about Netflix, uh, HBO Max. Um, what else do they have out there? Oh, Hulu. Hulu's really good. Uh, and um, describe to you what my favorites are. So first of all, uh, I, really like, I really like Hulu um, because I love television. And, um, and, and I basically, you know, in case I don't DVR the, the shows that I want. In fact, Hulu has almost every single, um, I think, show out there except for CBS. And, uh, you know, you can kind of just watch, tel- watch it like television, right? So you can watch, if you miss a TV show, you can basically catch it on top of there. And, or for some reason, my, my DirecTV doesn't DVR something or, or I'm, I'm DVRing, DVRing too many football games and then, and then I, I missed like an episode of The Bachelor. Uh, then I can actually, you know, catch it on Hulu, which is great. So I tend to watch Hulu a lot more. I don't, I use Hulu for television. I don't really use it for movies, but I have, Watched a few movies on top of there. Uh, for movies, um, I tend to use HBO Max right now. Uh, I really like HBO Max's lineups, whatever they have on top of there. Um, I got it because I subscribe to DirecTV and, and I have HBO on DirecTV. So I have a, automatically, I, am, I have HBO Max, which is really, really great. And I was able to, able to see Wonder Woman 84. Um, there's another one out there. I'm, I forgot which one I'm watching now, but the, the, they, have, they have some made-for-HBO Max programs there, and the quality is very good. It's extremely good. I watched Harley Quinn, and uh, if you have HBO Max, you, you need to watch Harley Quinn. Uh, it's a cartoon. Uh, by the way, I do watch a lot of cartoons, uh, and um, it, it's really well-made. They take the Batman universe, the DC universe, and they kind of flip it on its head. Um, they make and they make you know kind of Joker into a good guy and a bad guy. Harley Quinn's a good good girl and a bad girl. And uh, you know they really have fun with Batman and then and then um, Jim Gordon. <laughs> they make him into like an alcoholic, a recovering alcoholic. And it's it's really interesting. It's really funny. It's really entertaining. And um, and it's you know it's a funny thing. Uh, there's a character there, Poison Ivy, who's the main one, and she's like a, a very like a peacekeeper type of um, character. Like you know, they like to keep the peace, keep the calm. When in reality, well, not reality, but in in the folklore, she's actually pretty violent. In fact, she's one of the most powerful, I guess, villains in the DC universe. Uh, but <laughs> in this one, she's really much a peacekeeper. Really doesn't like to do, uh, really doesn't like to kill people unless. These are environmentalists that, you know, she's, in, she's a hardcore environmentalist. So if, so if people are going to kill the earth, she's going to kill them, right? And she's going to kill them with a vengeance. But she's very nonchalant about it. But it's that character, I'm trying to figure out, I know it's a cartoon. I'm trying to figure out where have I seen that face before? If it's one of my friends or, or one, another actor, actor or actress or something like that, it looks so familiar, I don't know who it is, even though it's not, you know, it's just lines, right? But the, the storytelling in the, um, Harley Quinn is much better than the Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. Um, it's much better than Birds of Prey. Uh, and, um, and that's all I have to say about that. And by the way, the lady who's producing it, I forgot who she was, but she's the voice of Harley Quinn. And she, has, she also has a show called The Flight Attendant, which is on, which is on HBO Max. And um, I think I'll check it out because but she's supposed to be some big time... Um, Actress, I forgot what she's. Oh, she was in that sitcom. You guys know who I'm talking about. Um, she's a lot older now, but um, you know she's a, she's an older woman, but she's voicing over Harley Quinn, and it sounds great. 
So, uh, okay, now HBO Max, I like it better than Netflix, by the way. Um, Netflix, I'm finding out um, that uh, I, I, I actually share my account with a lot of people on Netflix. And uh, man, <laughs> everybody wants to watch Netflix for Korean movies. Uh, I have no idea why. Like my mother has it. I have a friend over. I have a friend over there in um in in, uh, in Africa actually, and and uh, where's where is she? Uganda. Um, that's that's Sissy. Hey Sissy, if you're listening, yeah, she watches Korean uh, Korean dramas on top of there, and uh, yeah, I have no idea why. And um, what I watch on top of there, I watch uh, Scooby Doo, um, the Mystery Incorporated. I love that. Like it's, I'm, I'm a big Scooby-Doo fan, by the way, and I'm also making my way through Supernatural, which is great. The original programming, uh, I really don't care for the original programming yet. I know it may be good. I, I, I was a fan of Stranger Things, to be honest, but I have yet to watch, I think I've yet to watch season three or season four. I think I've yet to watch season four. Um, I have no, no idea why I stopped watching it. It's just that I, I just did. I'm not sure why. What what, is, what else do I like? Oh, I like um, Paradise PD. Paradise PD, another cartoon, really really well made. Some of the raunchiest humor you have out there. So if you like raunchy humor, we're talking like super bad. <laughs> you, you know, um, uh, it's really really good. Um, it and uh, what, what else do I? Like? Oh, there's a movie out there, but I think it was independently made. I don't think it was made for Netflix. I think they just acquired the rights. But it's called The Package, and that is also very good. It's one of the funniest movies I've actually seen in a while. And I think I watched it during the lockdown. That's a great movie, The Package. And um, basically, real quick premise on that, a bunch of like invalid, you know, I guess teenagers who are just getting home from college and reuniting, they go out camping, and one guy who's obsessed with his butterfly knife accidentally cuts off his package and uh, the the journey ensues from there. Why don't we just say that? Because I don't want to give away any more. But it's a that journey is hilarious. The actors and actresses in there are really really funny. Uh, they, they they do a really good job at comedy. Like and um, it's not safe for kids, by the way. So you know if you want to watch that movie, make sure the kids are out of the house. Um, let's see here. Next one. Oh, Disney Plus. Um, Finally, we're going over to Disney Plus. Disney Plus is pretty cool. Um, I guess because they have the MCU and everything in there, they have all those movies in there. I, I really thought, you know, it's pretty fun to watch those those things over there. Um, and uh, and I've been watch I've been rewatching Iron Man and some Lion King. I think I think I want to watch Frozen again. Um, and then they have the, I was watching the Mandalorian, and which by the way, the Mandalorian. Um, you know, I'm not sure. Did I do a review on that? I'm not sure if I did a, re- a review on that. Why don't I talk about The Mandalorian and then I'll talk about um, WandaVision, all right? So, okay, why don't we go straight into it then now? So now you know what I feel about it. But, oh, before I go into there, sorry, i got to back up here. Um, this is my observation. So when, when Netflix first came out and all these streaming services first came, in, came onto the market, um, the... the there really wasn't that great programming on top of there. I mean, the, and even when I wanted to really enjoy a show, like say for example, Daredevil, um, their version of Daredevil on top of a net on Netflix, it, it there were scenes that ran so long, like their monologues that just ran so long. It it really like it it felt as though it belonged on the stage, 
not in a movie or not in a and in a movie you want to keep usually you know lines of dialogue like maybe one or like two or three at the most and you want this back and forth you know a play between the two characters you don't want one character to just go on and on and talk and bloviate and say this is my life and here's my inner inner conflict and you know woe is me and i keep going that's what they were doing in daredevil everybody had the monologue like oh god they're monologuing again Really, I mean, do, do, I mean, I guess I'm monologuing right now, but I kind of do it because I have no one to interview. I'm surrounded by three computer screens. Yeah, you know, I mean, if I had someone across from me, it'd be a lot better, right? But th th that's what they do. Like, there was just, and I don't, I think just because, you know, that I guess the streaming was just an entirely new medium for uh, writers and directors and everyone there. They just didn't understand, uh, I guess, the freedom that they had. And, uh, I'll give you an example. When you write for television, it's uh, you have to write for commercial breaks. Um, you know, your yeah, you, you have to write your your length, what you can say in a scene. It's very limited. It's very scripted. You're you're very much and things are like you actually write on a hard break. Like things, you have this long to write this scene exactly this long, right? And then there's going to be a commercial. So that that break has to happen exactly on this page. And then you come back from a commercial, then this thing's happened, and it has to, whatever else has to happen has to happen by this minute and that minute, because you're going to commercial break every single time. And there's usually, and every single time there's like, um, you want to end on a turning point. So a turning point is basically, uh, it's a way to push a story in another direction. And the turning points, they're basically what keep the story, you know, Technically, it's interesting, you know. So, the, and and uh, I, I want to kind of stray away from that because I don't want you to put when you write things. I don't want you to put, to put a lot of turning points in your stories because that's also a bad thing too. But um, turning points usually separate acts, and you have hard turning points and you have soft turning points. So, so for example, a soft turning point would be an example would be, um, you know, they 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 found their their wallet. Oh, here here's where their wallet was, and it's like a kind of a light moment, right? I said I was looking for my wallet all this time, and it was here. Ha ha ha! Cut to commercial. Right, it's a very light turning point, but a heavy turning point would be, oh my God, like you know, so and so died, and then it, it affects the whole storyline, or so and so got into a car crash and they're in the hospital now. That's a hard turning point. You know, it's very that versus a light one, and you don't really don't you only you usually only want two hard turning points within a story, um, because if you put that many, if you put you know, a hard turning point every single commercial break, well, <laughs> it, it just won't, first of all, it won't be believable. And then you have people, you know, characters, you know, just, uh, just you know, being great, greatly affected because um, hard turning points greatly affect the character's inner conflict. So a hard turning point would be like, oh, a, a person's sister had died in an airplane crash. So all of a sudden that person, you know, that character is scared of riding on an airplane. And then you have the next one. Oh, he went to school to learn how to fly, and then all of a sudden he and he flies really, really well. Well, and he and he and he conquered his fear. That's another turning point, right? And then you go back, and then the next the next commercial five minutes later, he oh, there's a plane crash. Now he's back to like being fearful of flying again. It's too much. You can't go. You you, you can't have that roller coaster emotion. It's not it's not really believable. And if that really happened in, in real life, you that wouldn't be a good person to follow. That person would have a, a technically a real mental illness. So like in, in a movie like in Top Gun, 
you know, Maverick just has, you know, Top Gun just has two turning points. One where they go into Top Gun, that's one turning point because their life changes forever. And the next turning point happens when Maverick is called into action. And then you're, and they're basically you're into the third act. There's, there's, and usually for every story, there's only three acts. For a, a television show, there could be six or seven acts. It really depends how long, how many commercial breaks you have. And they, they like to label every single commercial break as an act, even though they're not real. I don't really consider them an act. Um, and technically, the way I look at it is that you have three acts. And then you have, you know, you know, midpoint scene. But I don't want to get too much into that right now. That's a little too nerdy for you. You're probably, I'm probably already losing you. I'm getting a too little bit into my screenwriting brain. So, um, Anyway, what I saw in Netflix was that these directors and, and screenwriters just didn't know what to do with all of this freedom. You know, there's no commercials, no hard breaks, right? So they could write scenes and scenes and scenes and just make the monologue the hell out of it. They weren't really limited by um, the, the length of the movie. And that's why, and the length of the movie didn't have to be an exact length. So, you know, is it exactly 44 minutes, 41 minutes? It could be 60 minutes. It could be 62 minutes and 30 seconds. It really didn't matter for them. They were streaming. They had all this freedom. And that's why a lot of scenes were like, they're played out, they're like, you know, they're, they're um, you know, it, the scenes seemed like to, to take forever sometimes to get to the action versus if you're in a TV show, you'll notice something like Hawaii Five O or Magnum, if they get to the action right away and it's written very tightly versus something like Daredevil on Netflix, it's very, it's written very loosely. So they still had a hard time getting it, getting into that. Uh, I guess knowing what to do with all of this freedom that they had. Um, did they treat it like a movie? But they couldn't treat it like a movie because they had, um, I guess Daredevil was episodic. And a lot of these things were episodic. So they just didn't know how to treat it. They really, really didn't know how to do it. And it's interesting now because when you watch these shows, it seems as though they, they write it for a television break even though there's not a television break. Um, now, one of the better um, shows that I saw on Netflix, Netflix was actually Voltron and Castlevania. Um, so if you have, and they're both, again, cartoons. I love cartoons. But if you have the chance, you know, take a look at those. Netflix, uh, on Netflix, there's, you know, again, Voltron is very good. Uh, Castlevania is very good. Um, they also get a little bit off because they're given, you know, so many, they, they're given a contract for so many episodes. And I think, I think a lot of them said, what do I do with all these episodes? And there's some padding in there. I mean, it really went off, off on a tangent on, on some of these. And then on net, here's the other thing too. You know, on, on Netflix, um, there's no, there's no um, rating. There, there's no, there's no PG rating or R or everything's all into one. So, you know, kids can be watching a rated R thing. So a lot of that, you know, I think Netflix were saying, well, what the hell do we like put on top of here? Is it all for kids? Is it all for adults? Um, can we put nudity on here? On here? And here's the, the, the thing which I don't like is that Netflix, okay, you know, they, they have nudity on there. They have stuff that should belong on HBO, right? And, and they have flat out hardcore, you know, sex scenes inside here. And these things should be put off for adults in an adult section where maybe it should be locked with a, a code, but they have it all together. And even if you go, I mean, the, the kid just has to select your profile. You know, they can actually log on and just select, oh yeah, kids, adult, and I mean, your, your profile. It, it, there's no protection for young kids. So they can find their way into some really nasty things on top of there. Um, there's some other things which I didn't, I didn't like about Netflix is that, 
um, the things that they program. There's a there's a show on there called Cuties, and that's downright sick. I mean, I did watch it. I forced myself to watch it, and uh, it wasn't produced by Netflix. It was produced by some other director over there in, uh, I think, in the UK. Uh, she was a woman who produced it. I have no idea what the, she was thinking because there's the, the young little girls in there. They can't be that. I think they're preteen or anything, and they're they're doing sexual moves, and there's video of them, like in very explicit and I think. I think one scene there was like almost like a see-through type of top and you could actually see almost everything. That's not good. I mean, that should not even be made. I mean, I mean that Netflix should take that down. And I wanted to see what all the fuss was about and if the media, not the media, the media kind of didn't really chastise it, but the conservative media did. Um, and actually, Hollywood Reporter, I think, gave it like two thumbs up and everything like that. I mean, they all, they had all I think the reporter, the the... Professional critics gave it really good ratings, but um, no, that's really bad. It's actually it's actually a lot worse than I thought it would be. Um, I don't know what that that director was thinking. I, I don't know what Netflix was thinking. So, um, but uh, but that's what I've noticed though with this um, new medium that they have out there of of streaming. They really don't. I think the entertainers, the 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 content creators, real content creators. I'm not talking about you know Instagram or or like you know TikTok people, but people who actually have a production team and a script writing team. I I really don't think you know their Netflix and 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 Amazon and all these other like streaming platforms really have a good idea what to do with all of this, and specifically Netflix because I think they don't have a good um a, a good story department. Uh, Warner Brothers and and Disney they have story they actually have story departments, um, but I think Netflix they're still coming along trying to function like a like a television or a movie studio or a, or a streaming studio or something like that, um, and they they just have so much money don't know what to do with it, and, and that's why there's so much crap out there, and um, the better crap is the ones that they acquire, not the ones that they produce, but I'm. Th- I think they're getting a, I think they're getting a, I guess, a foothold at least on how to produce good content. So that's the, that's the good news. All right. So um, on to WandaVision, right? WandaVision, it basically picks up. Now, I'm not going to tell you any spoilers, all right? And uh, if I do, I'll warn you. But WandaVision is extremely interesting. If you haven't seen it, you have to watch it. Um I won't give it an A plus. Uh, it does drag, you know. In a, I guess every now and then, it's not the most exciting type of MCU cut type of show where you have guns blazing and everything like that. I do believe eventually you're going to have all the action scenes you want, but things are. It's just I've never seen, I guess, uh, I guess anything written like this before. And Disney and the producers of Wandavision, they seem to be taking advantage. Of the streaming media, the, the streaming platform correctly, um, they know what they're doing on here, and um, it's really interesting. Uh, so, okay, so spoiler alert: um, I want to talk about some of the scenes in here and what's inside Wandavision. So, if you want to actually stop listening now, I'm going to go into a few spoilers so you can check out in ten seconds. So, ten, nine, eight. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. So you should be gone by now, right? Okay. So, one division. 
Uh, I think, I believe, now I, I'm not sure what it's about. I, I didn't read any spoilers, all right? But it looks as though Wanda, who who is the, the one with all the psychic powers and the witch powers, right? Uh, she's actually, I guess, trapped in this fake world, like a Truman world, where, and is it imagination or is it real? Is, is she manifesting all of, all of this or is she... Or is she part of some type of experiment? It's very strange, and you don't know. But it's written with... Um, it starts off in black and white, and it starts off as though you're watching an old sitcom. And I think it's where you're, like you're watching Bewitched. And it's, um, it's very interesting, because it's very comical. They have, they have a funny, funny um, show. It's like a sitcom. You're supposed to laugh. You're supposed to enjoy it. But then... Things happen, and there's plot holes in here, and there's jump cuts. Um, jump cuts are like when, when edits don't don't seem to piece together in here, um, but they're all done on purpose because these plot holes. Wanda is figuring out, say, hey, wait, this doesn't make sense. Like, didn't you just go to do this and do that? And they're written on their own purpose. So this is this is very carefully because usually it's opposite of what you do when you write a script. You you actually make sure no plot holes are written in there. But in this case. They're purposely writing plot holes, and Wanda is the person who has to figure out all of these plot holes. So you're there with her saying, whoa, that's kind of weird. But then there's also some fun, very funny moments within there where you're, you know, really laugh out loud, out, out, laugh out loud moments you know, with Vision, in fact. Um, the guy who plays Vision, same actors, by the way, um, they really do a great job. And this is what's fun because... Um, over there, Netflix, which I think Daredevil, them, they're I think they're a part of the MCU very loosely. Uh, you, you didn't get to see any of the Marvel guys going to the Netflix productions, but here we are with Disney Plus. We're actually seeing, you know, Vision and Want and Wanda, um, you know, the two characters that were in the MCU in the movies in this Disney Plus episodic series. The actual actors. So it's great. It's really, you know, we're not getting like, you know, actors that are not that, I mean, we're not getting different actors and then we have to disengage our, our, our imagination. It's the same thing. And they're playing the same characters. So um, it's really, really interesting. Like, I don't want to say anything more because I think you should watch it. I really, really do. And it just keeps you guessing. Now, it does drag a little. Um, so, you know, but just give it a chance. I think it'll all pay off. And I think it's one of those shows that, again, once you watch the whole episodic series, I think, and I'm not sure how many of these they're going to put put together, but I think once we'll see the whole season, then we'll understand more what went on in the first couple episodes. And I think if you go back, you'll find tons and tons of Easter eggs. And those are the fun things, by the way. You know, when whenever there's Easter eggs written into scripts and everything in there, that means the screenwriter and the director and the producer, they're, they are really taking their time writing the script. Um, because usually, and this is the bad thing about it, um, a lot of movies nowadays, they are actually written on the set. They are actually, I mean, sometimes you have the crew waiting on, on the side and because they still have to finish writing the movie. Isn't that bad? And there is absolutely no way where you can actually write a good script on the fly. You, you, can, you, may, be, you may be able to write a good scene, uh, one that could captivate people, but there's no way you can actually write you know, uh, 
I guess a three act script with subplots and 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 um, Easter eggs and everything like that. How things all go together, in like right then and there, right at that time. Because on top of that, you know, movies are all shot out of order. So they are shot out of order for a couple of reasons. You know, one is for budget, and sometimes actors can't make it. They're scheduling things and everything. Sometimes it's weather permitting, so they'll say we we can't shoot this scene now. We have to shoot the other scene now. Um, there's all different reasons, but movies are rarely shot in order. So if you're writing the script in out of order things, right, and you're saying, wait a minute, I didn't like this script now. I didn't like, I didn't like this script in pre-production, and now I'm going to rewrite the scene. Well, you, when you rewrite that scene, a lot of times you forgot what you set up in the other scenes, and and it's there's no way to tell. You know, there's really no way to tell unless unless you know the story so well. But it doesn't happen the way like I don't know. I haven't met anyone who's actually known their story that well to the point where you can rewrite this and how are you going to affect this scene that you shot yesterday? And because the, the scene that you shot yesterday is, yesterday is actually in the can, but you can shoot this one today and that one's eventually going to be in the can. But it's, it's there's no way to do it, and that's why movies just suck. They flat out suck. And how do you direct a movie where you don't know where you're going? <laughs> That's why a lot of directors now, they're just pulling their hair out. It's very difficult to put together a script or any type of storyline on the first draft. It has to go through a lot of rewrites. You have to get a lot of other other people in there, a lot of other other talented writers to get you know give you feedback. And sometimes they will rewrite scenes for you. You know, you you hire out people. Oh, this guy can write comedy. He'll punch up the, he'll he'll punch up that that scene for you. Make it a lot more funnier. This guy can write action better. You get that guy to write the action. It's it's really different. I mean, it's it's that's how complicated it, it is. But in the movies, ironically, you know, they'll spend more money in a movie production, and then <laughs> they'll write the script on the set. Like I I just don't understand that. Versus a cartoon. Now the cartoon you can't do that. You, you really can't rewrite stuff because everything, it takes time to animate things, right? So everything moves at a slower pace. So things have to be pre-planned. The production has to be, be, be pre-planned. You have to hire in the voice actors and so forth. You can't just go do it on the fly. And that's why cartoons, I like watching cartoons because the storylines are just so well integrated together. It's incredible. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry if you heard me burp there. I, I just uh, ate some spaghetti. So, so it's, a, it's coming up when I'm talking. Um, you should also watch on Disney Plus The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, this was shot back. This was made back in the 1990s, I think, or early 2000s. That is great. That is really, really great. So, uh, with that being said, uh, Wandavision, I would give a thumbs up. I you know grade. I don't want to grade the the entire series just yet. Um, now moving on, uh, yeah, I don't want to grade it until until it's the end, because it could go sour from here. But it doesn't look like it. It looks really, really interesting. I can't wait till the next episode. Um, it, you, it really has you guessing because things are getting. There's. It looks like as though they're they're complicating things, making layers upon layers of of curiosity. I love that when you have one layer. Can you trust that person? Or another layer. Can you trust that person? What are they doing? What's their agenda? You know, what are they up to? Are they being honest? Oh, I love that stuff, you know. That's what they do in, in uh, soap operas, by the way. So uh, this is really good. Especially, it's really good if you, um, it's really good if you know your old shows too. 
So uh, if if you watch some old, you know, old, I think it was the 1970s sitcoms or, or I'm not sure when Bewitched out there and Brady 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 Bunch was there, but you'll see it. It's like they have the Brady Bunch set, and I, I think that's a Brady Brady Bunch set, and I think that's Bewitched. I'm pretty sure, you know. So that that was way before my time, but I think I still watched, you know, at, at Nick at Night, I still watched some of those shows. Okay. With that being said, let's go over to The Mandalorian. Um, Mandalorian, um, I watched all the seasons. I'm all caught up. I would give that series basically an A. Uh, it did its job. It saved the franchise. I really think the, um, the, the story was written. The story was not written very tight. I have to say that. The stories are, some of them, they really drag. Um, but right now, the main thing with, with Star Wars, and I'm a big fan of Star Wars, uh, is that it, it didn't upset the fans? That's number one, and you don't have to do you, you don't have to do much. You just have to stick to the folklore. You just don't have to be woke, and that's the problem with Kathleen Kennedy. She made it really woke. If you just stick to your characters, you stick to the storyline that is already made, and you'll be okay, because the storyline of all of this was you know or now the Mandalorian was not made. But say, for example, why don't we go back here before all of the, the, the uh, what was it, the rise of Skywalker or what was it, the, what was, what was the first one? But anyway, episodes seven, eight, and nine, we'll just say that, right? Like, I just kind of, kind of like 86 that out of my memory. <laughs> it's like, they're that bad. But um, there are books uh, in the, in, in Star Wars, which used to be considered canon. And it's great. And they have a bunch of characters. And the books, a lot of people have said, um, Pitmaster Keith, who, who used to read, when I met him, he was reading Star Wars um, books. Um, and uh, they're better than the movie. And uh, th- these authors in there are just really good storytellers. All of that story, all of this world, I mean, it is so crazy where you, where you can go to, I think it's called Wiki, Wikipedia? Wikipedia. Now, I'm writing... Um, uh, I'm actually rewriting The Last Jedi because it was so crappy. So I'm rewriting it, putting it together. I'm going to be putting it online and free for people to actually read uh, because uh, The the Last Jedi was just so bad. It'll have illustrations. It'll be in a format similar to a script but very readable because scripts aren't very fun to read. So these, this is a, a format that I invented, but I'll, I'll get into that later. And that's coming out later this year. It'll be 100% free to read. It's just basically fan fiction. I can't charge for it because if I do, then I get sued by Disney, right? So, but it's a nice story. It, it actually is a very, very good story versus what The Last Jedi is. But then again, here's the thing. <laughs> the, there's all this story out there in the Star Wars universe that, was, that all of a sudden when Kathleen Kennedy, Kennedy came into power, she basically took a, a wand or maybe a, I would say a butcher knife and said, this isn't canon anymore. That's a different canon. But we're going to create our own canon. And she basically, when she did that, she ruined the entire Star Wars universe. And, um, and uh, the Mandalorian basically fixed all that and is on its way. And they're doing it through Disney+. And hopefully that will save the franchise so then when the next movie comes out, uh, it'll be a good thing. And by the way, I think they've actually, actually hired uh, Keanu Reeves to be in the new Star Wars series. 
So that's going to be really good. You know, Keon, you know, mostly everything that Keanu touches is good. I think he had one bad movie that's out on Netflix or was that on Amazon Prime? I think it's Amazon Prime. So, uh, but, um, but anyway, with all that being said, uh, I think we're done with this podcast right now. It's about 33 minutes. Yeah, so WandaVision, yes, Mandalorian, yes, you know, see Castlevania, the package on Netflix. Um, Voltron's really good. Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, very good. Um, Harley Quinn on HBO Max. There's another one which I'm watching. I forgot what it was, but that's also a very good series. When I find out what the name is, what is it called? Shoot, it's right off the tip of my tongue. I, once I hit stop on this record button, I know it's going to pop in my head. Um, but you should watch that one too whenever I, whenever I figure out what the hell it is. So uh, that would be for the next podcast, right? I'll say, hey, guys, I figured out what this was. So that's about it for now. I hope uh, your weekend is going good. Tomorrow is the playoffs. And uh, by the way, I'm cheering for, if you want to know, I'm cheering for Patrick Mahomes over, over, uh, um, over uh, the Bills. Patrick Mahomes, again, the Chiefs, he's going to take it. Not a big Patrick Mahomes Chiefs fan, by the way. Uh, but I think they're going to take it. I, for some reason, I don't want the Bills to go in the playoffs. <laughs> my, my cousin Dean would not like that. <laughs> and then um, I am actually cheering for Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers. So I want the Suckaneers, I guess, to beat the Green Bay Packers. Because um, I just want Tom Brady to win another Super Bowl and stick it to all the doubters that said that he was too old to too old to win another um, Super Bowl. I, I think he's playing really good football right now. And it would be just fun for him to just stick it to Belichick, stick it to the New England Patriots. Because when he wins, by the way, because I know for a fact that we didn't want the New England Patriots to win. And, um, and, uh, and, and that's why everyone cheered against the, I guess, New England Patriots when they always got to the Super Bowl. And I think the Chiefs are going to become the New England, the new New England Patriots, right? They're always going to be winning. But by, if Tom Brady gets a Super Bowl ring, that would just be the biggest middle finger to New England Patriot fans. They'll say, look, what we, we could have had another one, and now we're going to be sucking for that long. If you want to know, by the way, I'm a huge Eagles fan. Um, and bigger than that, I'm a huge Nick Foles fan. And, uh, and uh, I think Nick Foles is the reason why the Eagles were good. And uh, I, don't, I don't think Carson Wentz is that great. Maybe I should do a sports podcast one day. I mean, a sports podcast on one of these things. It's called Barbecue 2 Movies, right? I can talk about anything I want. All right, people, I am out of here. I am finally out of here. And I will talk to you on Monday. Bye.